get so eager to help that we <laughs> we take them and and uh, go. Hey, um, yes, there is a parable about uh, visiting those that are in prison and and helping them. And so we want to uh, obey the word of the Lord. And to do that, I'm looking at the clock, and I realize we are almost out of time. So you promise you'll listen fast? I'll talk fast, because we've got a lot to do, actually. Open your Bibles to Luke chapter 8. We are concluding a um, time of one month to live, but we're going to continue our parables um, uh, series into the, uh, into the next several weeks. And this one month to live has really been brought home with the passing of Sergio and Tom. And uh, our thoughts and prayers are with the family. We want to honor them today. But uh, we want to dive into our parable for this morning. And a parable is a comparison, a side-by-side comparison, a, a story that Jesus tells. A third of all Jesus' teaching are stories where he tells a story and he says, I want you to compare your life to this story. And most of the stories are about stewardship. They're about stewardship. How do you use your time, your talents, your treasure? How do you spend that precious time that God gives you. And for Sergio and Tom, it wasn't a lot of time here on this earth. And and you think about, how do I use my treasure, the money, the blessings that God has given me? How do I use that for him? How do I use the talents, the gifts that God has given me? And the parable today is an interesting one because it's about stewardship, but it's about stewardship when it comes to the Word of God. How do you steward the Word of God in your life? When God gives you His Word, How do you respond to his word? And we're going to look at that in Luke chapter 8, beginning at verse 4. It says, One day Jesus told a story in the form of a parable to a large crowd that had gathered from many towns to hear him. Farmer went out to plant his seed. As he scattered it across the field, some seed fell on a footpath where it was stepped on, and the birds ate it. Other seed fell among rocks. It began to grow, but the plant soon wilted and died for lack of moisture. Other seed fell along the thorns that grew up with it, and it choked out the tender plants. Still other seed fell on fertile soil. This seed grew and produced a crop that was a hundred times as much as had been planted. When he had said this, he called out, Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Then from the large group, the disciples, the small group, asked him what the parable meant. Verse 11 says, This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is, the, is God's word. The seeds that fell upon the footpath represent those who hear the message only to have the devil come and take it away from their hearts and prevent them from believing and being saved. The seeds on the rocky soil represent those who hear the message and receive it with joy, but since they don't have deep roots, they believe for a little while, then they fall away when they face temptation. The seeds that fell among the thorns represent those who hear the message, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the cares and riches and pleasures of this life. And so they never grow into maturity. And the seed that fell on good soil represents honest, good-hearted people who hear God's word, cling to it, and patiently produce a huge harvest. The seed in the story is God's word, the word of God, and we see that, and it's not so much about the sower. It's not so much about the seed. It's about the soil, the receiver. And we are all receivers of God's word. And I want us to compare our lives to this story and begin to ask ourselves some questions. And, and, and back then, what they would do is they don't have soil like we have here in the Midwest that is good for growing things. It's a rocky soil. It's a difficult. You look at it, you're like, how do they grow anything here? We're going on a trip to Israel next year. And if you go with us, you'll be able to see. And so what they have to do is just kind of break up the ground 
and then throw seeds. They don't even, they don't even do rows. They just kind of throw their seeds and see what grows. And, and the things that grow, they cultivate and work on it, but they don't know exactly what's going to grow. And so everybody knew what Jesus was talking about in this story. And Jesus says there's four ways that you can respond to the word of God or four attitudes that you can have. A wayside attitude or a, or a stony attitude or a, a thorny attitude or a good attitude. And I want to look at these quickly today because we don't have much time. So listen closely to each of these and begin to talk and think about yourself in each of these. The wayside attitude, that's that impossibly hard ground. It'd be like throwing seeds onto our sidewalks and, 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 or driveways and expecting something to grow. It's not going to happen. And the footpath back then, they would have walked on this footpath and it would have been hard and there'd be no way for the this, this seed to penetrate the ground. And so these are the people that hear the message, but it's completely wasted on them. They don't receive it. Maybe it's pride and, and something selfish or, or it's maybe a human thing going on or maybe it's an evil spirit that's trying to steal that word from their life. And, and we all have that moment where we don't always respond to God's word and there are people that we're like, boy, you just you give them the gospel again and again and again. And it just seems like they don't listen. They don't, they don't understand. They won't receive. We have to be careful of this and guard against it. Hebrews 3.13 says, Exhort one another daily, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. We have got to guard our hearts from being hard. Because when we get hard toward God, we're not going to be able to receive his word. We're not going to be able to draw near to him. We have got to guard our heart that we don't have this attitude. Because if we have this attitude, if we have a hard heart because of sin, you're not going to grow in God. It's just that simple. The stony attitude is there might be a thin layer of soil and, and it begins to grow, but because when the sun comes out and there's rocks blocking the roots, the roots never go down deep, it's just going to scorch that plant and that plant's going to die. And, and that's the kind of people that listen and they believe for a little while, but their faith is so shallow. They hear and believe, but then troubles come or persecutions come or something difficult comes along, an obstacle, a temptation, a persecution. And these are people that live based on feelings more than on the conviction of the word. And we cannot let our feelings dictate what we believe about God and what he says in his word. But a lot of times that happens and it crowds out the promises of God. Because it's very easy to start the Christian life, but it's a very difficult walk if you want to continue on. The, the, what, the seed that grew up among the thorns in that attitude, it, it begins to grow, but the plant has to compete with the thorns and the weeds that begin to come up. Some call this the weedy attitude because all of a sudden these things start to grow and, and they grow faster and stronger than the little plant that is growing up. And so we, we, we have this, this, this plant that's trying to thrive, but it's choked out because these weeds begin to grow up. These are people that get caught up with the cares of life, the things that come along and the worries. And there's so many other things competing with God's word because God's word is there, but so is my circumstances. So are my the things that I'm facing in my life. And, and so I, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm worried about my money. I'm worried about getting everything done. And I can't completely commit to Christ because I've got all these other things going on in my life. And I preached last week, and hear me as Jesus said, you cannot serve two masters. You can't serve both God and money. You can't serve eternity in this life as well. You just can't do it. And so you can't let things grow up and crowd it out. And the final one is the good attitude. 
It grows and thrives in fertile ground, and, and it responds to God's Word. And, and we want to be that good ground. So I'm going to give you some words. They're not on the screen, but as I studied this passage of Scripture, I just thought of these words when it came to the good ground. It's a person who receives the Word of the Lord, who values the Word of the Lord, who works to understand the Word of the Lord. It's somebody who meditates on the Word of the Lord. It's someone who responds to the Word of the Lord. It's that listening and obeying. It's that listening, allowing it to find good ground, and, and, and seeing it happen in, in their life. John 10, 27 says, My sheep hear my voice, and they follow me. We hear the Word of the Lord, we meditate on it, and we walk in it. And something that Jesus talks about in this parable is perseverance. You will never be all that God's called you to be unless you have perseverance in your life. And you say, you know what? I'm committed to this for the long haul. I'm not going to go based on my feelings. I'm not going to go based on my circumstances. I'm not going to go based on it's God and, and, and so we got to see who's competing and who wins. No, I am committed to growth because a plant does not grow overnight. It takes time to reach maturity. So here's my question for you today. What kind of soil are you? What kind of soil are you? And if we thought about it, we could think of people, and we think, you know, I know so-and-so, and you want to preach the gospel, and they never listen, they're wayside. And we begin to put people in different categories, in different boxes in our life. But I'm not talking about other people. I'm talking about you today. What kind of soil are you? And you may say, Pastor Darrell, we're in church. We're on our way to heaven. So we're the good soil, Right? Right? Parables are for a comparison, that I'll put my life side by side with God's word and see how I measure up. And so I've had to honestly, as I've been meditating on the parables, and specifically this one for the past couple weeks, I had to begin to ask myself, what kind of soil am I? And I wrote down some thoughts. And, and I'm going to be completely transparent as, as pastor today. And I know you'd say, oh, you're good soil. You always listen all the time. And honestly... As I looked at this, I am all of these soils. I looked at, I am, there are days when I am careless with God's word. And he's trying to say something to me, and I'm not listening. And, um, yeah, I have to repent of those days. I'm too busy. I got something going on, or I allow the enemy to come in and take it out of my life. And, and there are days like that. And then there's other days that, I'm like the stony soil, and I, I have times I listen, but then it's just really hard right then. I can't do it right now, God. I'll do it later. There, I, I, it's, I just can't do it right now. Because i got to tell you, when you begin to study the parables, they will challenge you to your core. There are some parables I'm preparing messages on, and it's like, I don't even know how to preach this. It is so in your face. And, and remember that they sent Jesus to the cross not because he was a good teacher. They didn't like what he was teaching. They didn't like what he was saying. And, and, we, and, and so, you know, just realize that as we look at God's word, there are going to be some things we just don't want to do. And other times I'm like the, the one with the weeds and the thorns. I, I'm listening to God, but there's so many other things going on in my life. There's so many other cares and so many other worries that, 
I just put, push it aside for a moment so I can focus on the worries of that moment. And then there's other times where I am good ground, and I listen and I obey. And so as I thought about that, and I said, God, I'm preaching this, and I'm always, how do we do this? And I went back to verse 8, and here's Jesus, words in red. So when he had finished these things, he cried. He called out to the crowd, he who has ears, let them hear. He's saying, please listen to me, Daryl. Isn't it awesome to think that God gave us his word? He said, I don't want you to be wondering what God is like and what I expect from you and what eternity is like and, and, and who I am. I'm going to tell you exactly who I am. And through miracles, both in the, the, the writing and, and, and keeping of God's word to this day, he's kept his word for us so that we can know him. And he says, would you pay attention to my word? Would you listen to my word? And so I began to think about how can I give that reception to God's word in my life so that I am good soil? What do I need to do? So I began to just journal some things, and I'll share them with you. They're not on the board, but here are some things that we can do to be good soil for God's word in our life. First of all, pay attention. Please pay attention to God's word. Whether it's a sermon being preached up front, or your Bible study, or small group study, or or a song that we're singing, the scripture, just pay attention to what God is saying. So often we let our minds drift. So often it falls on the wayside of our life. Pay attention. When you come to church, I know you might be tired. I'm tired this weekend, but you know what? God is here. And, and he, the king is here. I want to honor the king, and I want to pay attention to what he's saying. The second thing is don't be shallow and superficial. A lot of times we just say, okay, what is God's word going to say to me today? You know, I need that vitamin B shot of God's word in my life. And maybe God wants to do something else in your life. You, you, don't, be, don't be shallow with God. Don't be superficial. God, please take care of all my problems. You know, he's taking care of you. And he might be doing something through your circumstances to shape you and mold you. But don't be shallow and superficial when you come to the word of God. Focus on the Word of God more than on the cares of this life. It's hard to do. But believe what God says about your circumstances more than how you feel about your circumstances. And, and believe God's Word. The other thing you need to do is you need to begin to remove the stones, the thorns, the weeds that are growing in your life. There might be pride or bitterness or anger. And, and you know what? That's going to keep you from knowing God. We need to exhort one another so that we don't let sit and heart in our hearts. We've got to get rid of those things. We've got to remove those things that keep us from drawing near to God. I want to encourage you, if, the, if you begin to, uh, to worry, just say, God, in your word, it tells me not to worry. Because uh, as we prayed earlier today, as you say in the Sermon on the Mount, you take care of the lily of the valleys and the bird of the airs. How much more are you going to take care of your children? And so, God, I'm going to believe you that you're going to take care of me. I'm not going to let the worries of this life choke out my relationship with you. I'm not going to let the things that are going on in my life, the, the bitterness, the pride, the anger, I'm not going to let that hold me back from you. And so we begin to cultivate that ground. And we begin to break up the fallow ground. And we begin to say, God, I want to be good soil. We've got to allow the Word of God next to break us. To break us. God wants to mold you into the image of His Son. 
And there are some things in your life that need to be broken. And so we need to be challenged by the Word of God. We may not want to do what the Word tells us to do, but we've got to obey the Word of God if we're going to become the men and women of God that He's called us to be. So we need to be teachable when we sit down with the Word of God. So as you are receptive to the Word of God, say, God, what do you want to teach me? And if you think you're perfect, put that away. And just say, God, I'm not. You are. Teach me. Teach me today. The, the next thing is, is we need to let it find root in our life, a strong root in our life. We've got to give it time. We've got to let it come inside of us. You can't just come and, and sit in during a message and say, oh, that was great. You've got to take notes. You've got to go back to it. You've got to meditate on it. You've got to give it time. No plant grows overnight into full maturity. You've got to give it that time. You've got to persevere. And here's the cool thing, because when it does, and what this, this parable teaches us, is that it begins to grow. And when you have good ground, you have more capacity for more of God. See, that's what's so great. When, when it starts growing, it's a hundredfold return. And you have more and more capacity for more and more of God. And so you've got to watch and say, God, I want good ground so that I can have more of you in my life. Because that capacity will increase. And we need to have God's word in our life because God is speaking to us. And there's something about God's word that makes us alive. In Psalm 119, it tells us over 11 times that the word of God quickens us or it makes us alive. There's something about God's word that when it comes inside, it gives us that abundant life, and we've got to hold on to that word. That word keeps us from sin. That word makes us alive. Hebrews, or excuse me, 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is God-breathed. He gave it to us and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Hebrews 4.12, one of my favorite verses, The word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. The word of God in the King James is quick, alive, and powerful. It is powerful. It is active in our life. We have to allow the word of God to come in, to penetrate our hearts. And, and I want to tell you, if you ever feel far from God, listen to me. If you ever feel far from God, check and see how you're responding to his word. Okay? Because that will be the indication. You've got to check and see, how am I responding to the word of God in my life? Am I that good ground? And you could say, oh yeah, we're all good ground. No, we're not all good ground. Find out, where are you at in this continuum? And then say, I want to respond to God's word. There's a passage in the Old Testament that comes up again and again. I'll just give you a couple references for it. But Jeremiah 4.3, Hosea 10.12. Jeremiah 4.3 and Hosea 10.12, where the prophet tells Israel to break up the fallow ground. Break up that ground that is hard, that wayside. Begin to break it up. Get that shovel out, whatever you need to do. Begin to break it up and then begin to seek God. That's what the prophet tells them. Break up the fallow ground and seek God. And that's what we need to do in our life. And that's been a prayer of mine recently in our prayer meetings, is God, break up the fallow ground of Christian Life Church, that wayside ground. Break it up, God, because we want your word to come in and to penetrate our lives so we have capacity for more and more and more of you. We're not going to respond perfectly every time to God's word. And so Jesus tells us another parable in Matthew chapter 21, beginning at verse 28. He says this, a man had two sons. He came to the first and said, son, go work today in my vineyard. 
He answered and said, I will not. But afterwards he regretted it and went. Then he came to the second and said, likewise. And he said, I'll go, sir. But he did not go. Which of the two did the will of his father? And then the crowd, they answered, the first. It's the one that obeyed. What I love about this story is that we don't always respond perfectly to God's word every time, do we? We, we don't. Sometimes we, we allow the cares to come up. Sometimes we allow the weeds to come up. Those things happen. But you know what? Don't just say, well, I guess I blew it. It's all over. No, go and respond. Because God would rather have that than, than have you look like you're responding and do absolutely nothing. I'm in church. I'm good. I'm, I'm the good soil. No, no, no. Do what God tells you to do. Then you're the good soil. Then you're the good soil. And you might blow it, but just say, God, you gave me that word. I kind of dropped it. I kind of blew it, but I'm picking it right back up. I'm going to go right back at it. I haven't studied my Bible in a while. I'm, I'm going to start this week. Go for it. Be the son that obeys. There are Bible study sheets out in the lobby on, on how I do my devotional time. There's a 10-minute quiet time and a soap Bible study. You can grab those and you begin to get in God's Word. You can come on Sundays. You can be in a small group. But get into God's Word. We've got to allow God's Word to be penetrating into our hearts. And you may say, well, what's the big deal? Because it really does matter for your life. It will change you. It will make you more like Him. It will draw you near to Him. And it doesn't just impact you. It impacts other people as well. The people around you. What I do impacts not only my life, but my family's life and our church life. And that's why I covenant with you to be the best ground possible for God's Word. Am I going to be perfect? No, I'm going to blow it. I'm going to make mistakes. But I'm going to tell you, I want to cultivate that good ground in my life. I'm going to be praying, God, break up the fallow ground and, and, and so that I'll be good ground. I want you to be that. I want you to be that for your family. You never know who you're touching in your life. Uh, I, I just want to say this, and, and um, I wanted to get to this point in the message where I just, I, I just want to talk about Sergio for a couple minutes if I can. And uh, there was a guy that let the word become good ground to him. And you know how I know is because as I, I read tributes to him and, and people posting things on Facebook and people would mention to me that um, when they came to the church two, three, five, ten years ago, Sergio was the guy that made them feel welcome. When he walked through the door, he was the guy that, that just made their family feel welcome in this place. And he didn't just make them feel welcome when they walked through the door. I can't tell you how many people said they're here today because Sergio invited them to church. That they're here because Sergio invited them to church. It was good ground. A lot of times, and I, I understand because I know how memory works, that a lot of you probably won't even remember this sermon next week. Two weeks from now, I'm sure nobody will remember. But, I mean, I get it as a pastor. I understand. But, you know, this is spiritual food. We feed and we eat and we nourish ourselves and we grow. So we're not going to remember everything that's preached. I understand that. But everybody's going to remember Sergio at that door. They're not going to remember everything I say, they're going to, but they're going to remember the kindness that was shown to them and their family. And I, I think about that, and, and, and you can say, well, you know, I'm not a pastor. I'm not a small group leader. I'm, I'm nobody important. What does this matter? It matters because you're touching more lives than you'll ever know. That, that a greeter at the door can be more important than the pastor some days. And we've got to remember that, that God's called you and God, God's equipped you to do something great for him to impact other people's lives. 
And as we honor Sergio, I think of Tom, and he was going to be in our play this, this fall. I think of other people that have gone on before and, and other people that have impacted our church. And I think of ushers. I mean, I, I got to think of Al Oliver at that door. And how many people told me that they welcomed their family and loved on their kids as they walked through the door. How many of you remember an old guy named Dino Paroli? Dino and Dora. Oh, man, Dino, he would, he'd grab my face and kiss my cheek, the old Italian guy. And I'm like, Dino. And he like... Oh, I, lo- I love you, Daryl. Just wanted to let you know I love you, Daryl. And I, I, and I always say this, I, I hated it, but I loved it. And, and there's something about that that means so much in the body of Christ. We've got to allow God's word to penetrate our hearts so that we can be the people that he's called us to be. Because the love that we saw in, in Sergio, that wasn't just a show. Did you know, I, I went to his house, and I mentioned this in the... Um, in the, the funeral yesterday, but on the coffee table, and I guess this wasn't all the music, but they had the biggest three-ring binder I've ever seen in my life full of worship music. And they said they even had more downstairs. And he would play his guitar and worship the Lord every time when he woke up and before he went to bed. And, and just, I, I just, I'm like, wow, that's allowing the word of the Lord through music to come in. Maybe you do it through music. Maybe you do it through reading. Maybe you do it through listening to the Word. I don't know how you do it, but when it gets inside, it will change you and allow you to be the person that you're called to be. I'm going to invite Jonathan to come up to the keyboard, but we want to do something today so we remember that, that what we do and what happens in our life matters, not just for us, but for all the people around us. And, and something that we've um, done and uh, we just want to honor Sergio and his memory. And um, so we had a brass plaque engraved that we're going to put on the door that Sergio served at. And this is going to remind us, when we walk in and walk out, not only of Sergio, which we need to remember him, but of a life that was given to God. And that God can you it's not who stands behind this pulpit, it's everybody that walks through these doors. That when we allow God to come into our life, the more we allow, the more it just spills over into other people's lives. And so we want to honor him today. And it says, Sergio M. Ubaldo, a doorkeeper in the house of my God, Psalm 8410. Pastor Fred, would you place that on the door at this time? I'm going to read the scripture as he goes back there. You can watch as I read. Psalm 84.10 says, Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. never forget Sergio. I'll never forget him because um, that's really what the church is all about. It's about loving people. It's about allowing God to come in and changing your life. And I talked to people that knew Sergio and um, they said God changed him. 
He wasn't the same guy that he was earlier. That God did something in his life. And that's allowing the Word of God to come in and shape and mold us. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and your hearts with me today as we have received the Word of the Lord. And this message is more than just about this Sunday. It's about every Sunday. It's about every day of our life. How do we receive the Word of the Lord? Are we in tune with God? Are we worshiping Him in the morning and in the evening? In the Old Testament, it talked about never letting the Word of the Lord depart from your lips. That you would write it on your doorposts. That you'd see it when you came in and when you went out. That all day, every day, the Word of God is a part of your life. I want to tell you that God said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. That means He's always with us. It means His Word is always being spoken to us. How are you responding to His Word? Please, don't be that wayside or stony or thorny attitude. Allow it to be good ground in your life. I want to give you some time just to meditate and then I'm going to come and pray with you. But I just want you to pray just quickly, just a few minutes by yourself and say, God, break up the fallow ground of my life. Help me to be good ground to every word that you speak to me. I'll just give you a few minutes with just you and the Lord. about your relationship with God. As I shared earlier, you may feel far away from God. God loves you so much that He made a way for you to be in right relationship with Him. I know I always say it, but it's so true. In order to be right with God, you have to be 100% good or 100% forgiven. No one's 100% good. Sergio wasn't 100% good, but he was 100% forgiven. Because Jesus came and he died on a cross and paid the penalty for our sins. Because of that, we can accept Jesus and his work into our life and thank him for 
dying on the cross for our sins, for giving us a new life. We surrender our heart to him and we invite him to come in and to take control of our life. If you want to do that today, if you want to be right with God, because I want to tell you, you were created for a relationship with God. I'm going to ask you to do something with every head bowed and every eye closed. I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand if you say, today, I want to make that commitment to Jesus Christ. I want to say, Jesus is my Lord and Savior. Just raise your hand across this place. There is not a section that isn't raising a hand. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Would everyone repeat this prayer after me as we invite Jesus in the Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I need your forgiveness. I believe that you died for my sins. I want to turn from my sins. I now invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Can I pray for you? Let me just pray for you. Dear Lord, thank you. <laughs> thank you for the souls that just came into your kingdom. We rejoice with heaven today because we want to respond to your word, God. And so, Lord, for those that took the first step today or for those of us that have been on a lifelong journey with you, we declare in our hearts that we want to be good ground. No more wayside attitudes. No more stones or thorns or weeds crowding out your word. Lord, we want to be men and women of your word, following you, believing you, holding on to you, God. We honor you today. We love you. We are paying attention to you as never before. And God, if we feel far away from you, we're going to run to your word. We're going to run to church. We're going to listen to that sermon. We're going to worship you, God. We're going to listen for your still, small voice to speak to us. And we're going to respond to your word. Not to how we feel. Not to what's going on in our life. God, we want to be good ground. We want to be the men and women that you called us to be. Because, God, we know it's not just about us. It's about a world that needs you. And so, Lord, help us to be like Sergio, who lived a life far beyond himself. God, that, that we would reach out and we would love every single person that walks through this door. And Lord, for those that are hurting and can't walk in themselves, may we bring them by the arm and bring them through that door and bring them to you. Jesus, we honor you. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. This is your church, Jesus. And so we will just live on every word that you say. Break up the fallow ground in our life this week. God, we just thank you that your patience with us, that even when we don't respond right the first time, you give us grace to come back again and again and again. God, thank you for pursuing us today, pursuing us right into your kingdom. We love you, God. We honor you. We worship you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 There is uh, no substitute for time with God. And that's why I'd like to invite everybody out for Wednesday night prayer meeting. And uh, there's no agenda other than just to pray and spend time with the Lord. That's going to be at 7 o'clock with a worship team, or a prayer team meeting, excuse me, at 6.15. Also, uh, Angel Tree is in the lobby. It's another way that you can reach out beyond yourself. And can I share one more thing? And I know we're getting ready to go, and I apologize for it being so late. But in two weeks, the Sunday after Thanksgiving, listen to me. 
we are going to be packing meals in our gymnasium. We're going to have great meals on Thanksgiving. We're going to be packing meals uh, for the Philippines. And um, uh, uh, Teresa has a ministry over there. How many, how many uh, children do you guys feed over there? About 200 children. Teresa. Another person, not up here in the pulpit, but got laid in her heart to start a ministry. Now they feed and give Sunday school. The, the building they're in, they can't even put the kids in. They have to do Sunday school out on the street and feed the kids. And, um, and so we're going to stand with her, and we're going to provide uh, meals. And uh, so we're going to take up an offering that Sunday, and we're going to do the meals. And, uh, and, and we're going to pack meals. I don't know, for, feed them for like a year. I mean, just like a... a a ton of food, and we need about 30, 40 people to do that. So if you say with your family, hey, we, we've celebrated Thanksgiving together, but we're going to pack some meals for some children overseas that uh, they need this. Uh, we're going to do that the Sunday after Thanksgiving. And so if you can do that, just make that part of your family uh, family experience, Thanksgiving weekend. We're going to do that immediately following the service in two Sundays. But there's a bunch of practical ways that we can live out the Word of God in our life. Would you stand for the blessing of the Lord this morning? If you want to go out Sergio's door and look at the plaque and, and again just honor him and, and give your love to Dinah and Gabby, you can do that as well. But I love this, uh, this blessing that comes from the Word of God. So would you let this blessing find good ground in your heart today? Meditate on this blessing. Pay attention to it and allow it to grow in your life. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. God, we thank you for that blessing. May you find good ground in our heart. Comfort those who grieve this morning and keep us safe and strong until we can gather together again and worship you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Any special prayer, I'll be down.